Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all. So don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy roundtable, fantasy, fantasy roundtable, yeah, fantasy roundtable. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy roundtable, fantasy, fantasy roundtable, fantasy roundtable. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday, and we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN as we go live. All of us, uh, hashtag that you got baseball, football, soccer, hockey, and wrestling. All of your sporting needs here at the network. Gentlemen. I was going to say welcome back. I'm the one coming back. It's great to see you guys again. How are you doing on this amazing Friday? It is truly an amazing Friday. Good to get another week uh, in the books. Looking forward to the Senior Bowl tomorrow. And uh, I might go buy a new truck. Wow. I mean. Not new. I mean, it's used. But new to me. I, you know, I don't know, being able to find a used car, given the current climate, uh, probably makes you something akin to a lottery winner. You might want to buy a Powerball on your way. Yeah. I mean, I've never owned a truck. Yeah, it'd be fun. I, uh, you know, after two two days of snow days, uh, reemerged, tried my car out, made sure that the negative six temperatures didn't like deflate my tires. And then to my wife, to our dance lesson, we're learning the waltz. Uh, and I tried to do that in my giant snow boots. So uh, to say that my ankles are tender would be an understatement. Uh, you got you got to take some dancing shoes with you. I know. I wasn't thinking about it. I just, when we have weather like this and there's ice and parking lots are like little death traps right now. As this was our first day uh, kind of back in the 30s since Monday. I wear my big snow boots for traction because I have no desire, you know, to slip and well, I don't break know if something. Do re- you remember this? But bumbles bounce. <laughs> yeah, uh, my experience of falling a few times has not been a bouncing uh, so much. But you're not a bumble. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, I guess apparently not. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun week. I guess uh, been right there with you on the the freezing over thing. We're getting what seems to be like now our annual freeze slash shut down the entire state thing here in Texas. So that was uh, it's been a fun few days looking forward to like the 40s and 50s and 60s that are coming in the next week because then uh, this will be a distant memory. I enjoyed your governor saying everything was ready to go and immediately the news footage yesterday of the power lines exploding in the cold. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's because he was on his way. He meant everything is ready to go is in him and taking his family out of town like he does every year when Texas just him and Ted Cruz never here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, but that's that's we don't want to dive into politics here. So for today's show, we are going to jump into some NFL news. We will discuss some of the Senior Bowl, and then we are finally, finally, I promise you guys, we're going to get to more of these QB profiles. I'm not putting it off any longer. It's going to be like Matt Damon on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. The, the question right was whether you were going to get Kirk Herbstreit on Debbie debate or whether we were going to get these QBs. You know, before. I was excited. I actually tuned in Wednesday to see if they were finally going to be able to get Kirk on, and they did not. But I promise we are not going to do that. We are going to get to those QB profiles. Uh, let's start with the news that did officially now from himself, from the legend, the GOAT himself, uh, announced, I believe it was on Tuesday, Tom Brady has officially retired. He is done with the nfl matt i mean what what i know we talked a little bit about this because there were the rumors and i believe adam Schefter tweeted some stuff but what what does this mean for tom brady yeah it was ironic because we were talking about it on monday night when he was doing his radio show and he pops on the radio and show and says i appreciate people wanting to know but i'm taking it one i'm nowhere near making this decision and less than 12 hours later he has like a 25 page instagram I'm sure he wrote that overnight, you know, just threw some thoughts together. Um, You know, I still think he's the greatest quarterback ever. Um, It was interesting in his initial post, he didn't really say anything about the Patriots, uh, but Bill Belichick, among many people that have said great things about him, uh, there is some conjecture now that he's actually going to like sign a one day contract to retire as a Patriot. That could be interesting. It's hard to imagine not having him, in the NFL, uh, it's going to be interesting to see too, especially I'm still 50, 50 about whether I think Rogers goes, you know, if you had saw him, Roethlisberger and Rogers all go in the same off season, that's a pretty big change in the quarterback landscape. I mean, the landscape has been altered quite a lot with Jackson and Mahomes and Allen and Herbert all coming in. You know, there's a lot of guys that are, uh, it, Pushing them out isn't the right word, but I mean, dudes are 38, 39, 67 years old in Brady's instance. I mean, it's a, he seemed like he had something left in the tank, was definitely in a good situation, but I get it. I mean, you want to spend more time with your family. You've got business interests that are going well. You're becoming, you know, you start, you're doing a podcast. You've been involved in media virtually your whole career. Uh, Him and Jim Gray that, you know, they've done a show on like Westwood one or something, this halftime show for what seems like forever. So he he's been cultivating a media presence for virtually his whole career. So I get it. Sometimes, you know, when it's time, it's time. You want to go on your terms. You want to make the decision yourself. Uh, I guess when it broke, I don't know why you had to, you know, get cute with it. All right, you got me. Somebody leaked it. Yeah, I'm going. You know, when I get caught with my hand in the cookie jar, I'm not like smashing the cookie jar and going, what cookie jar? See my hand? There's nothing on my hand. Uh, I mean, I get it from his point of perspective. I mean, that's. Ethics aside on on all the discussion between Adam Schefter and, and how all that came about, and I know a lot of people are, have been kind of crapping on him because he did the same thing to Andrew Luck. That's one of those things where I feel like when 
a player wants to announce their retirement, unless they've explicitly told you, hey, go ahead and announce my retirement. That should be something for the players. And I, I don't I'll be honest, I don't love that Schefter did that. I get it. You know, it's the woke Twitter culture as well, right? You got to be first on every single player. So, but you here's, be first here's the deal, though. Brady, I don't think Brady told Schefter. Schefter I did his job and found out. And people want to be pissed at Schefter for doing his job. I think, you know, the world's not black and white. There's gray everywhere. I think Adam Schefter ste- stepped gray. a lot in gray right there. I I, I don't think, uh, personally, just personally, I, I just find it interesting. There's a whole lot of other players that are able to retire and nobody ever reports it. But two of the biggest ones, he's the one who's got to be first on it. I just, I, it, it irks me a little bit, but I understand he's doing his job. But there's also times that you could not do your job and it means a lot more. So, what, what did he get out of being first to announce Tom Brady's retirement, except now everybody hating him, to be honest? Like, what do you get out of it? Nothing. It's just like, let's be honest. Uh, using the Twitter thing, again, like when you sit there on Twitter and you announce, hey, oh, I was the first player on – I was the first who, who said this player was going to be good. At the end of the day, nobody ma- nobody remembers who was first. It, it really doesn't matter. So I, I, I do get his point on saying, no, I'm not going to retire, and then kind of trying to come back and at least – in a way, making it more about himself and saying, hey, like, this is how I wanted to go out. Uh, Washington has announced their new name, Dennis. They are the Commanders. Uh, Seemed like they stole Arizona State's uniform. So, I mean, they're, you know, just kind of taking all kinds of stuff here. What are are your thoughts on the the new Washington football team name? As a non-Washington football team fan i am completely indifferent nobody will remain you know in a few years unless they change it again it'll just be oh they they used to be called the football team at one time now i do think it was kind of cool to be called the football team i probably you know i i get the whole thing where uh a lot of people are like there were so many better options including the football team than the commanders uh, and you know leave it to Dan Snyder to screw it up and, and choose the one the least favorite one for the fans uh it, it is what it is we'll we'll start calling them the commanders uh we'll eventually stop slipping like we do with the San Diego Chargers and we'll go back to you know they'll be the Washington commanders everybody will move on and the fans of the team, We'll remember the glory days of Tim Smith and Doug Williams in the Super Bowl. Um, and they won't call them the commanders when they talk about them because, you know, old people are like that. Trust me, I'm old. I saw a meme that kind of sums up my feelings. I'll only be okay with this if Cobra Commander is their new mascot. <laughs> Otherwise, they're swiffing and then there's whatever the fuck led to being the commanders. I mean, hey, uh, Dennis said it. The, the one thing I'll add on this and we can move on is Daniel Snyder chose it, and he's good at doing exactly what you just said oh, there, Matt, whiffing they, on a lot of things. They also uh, so, but you ruined know their own announcement won. by putting up the commander's banner in the team yeah. store. That yeah, but I saw you, that, yeah. But you also know that Snyder now walks around wanting to be called the Supreme Commander. I think um, he already did that. Yeah, yeah. Have you not read the emails? There's a lot of things people have asked him to be called. That's what's led to a lot of the issues there. (laughs) Brian Flores has submitted a lawsuit against the NFL. Um, 
I'll keep this short and sweet. If you guys have not listened to Debbie Debate, check that out. Both uh, friends of mine, Austin Nace and Felix Sharp, are actual lawyers, and they do a lot of stuff, and and not necessarily in this field, although Felix has. They go very in-depth about what this means. It's like the first 15 minutes of the show. Even if you don't want to listen to the whole show, listen to that first 15 minutes because it is very, very informative. But I will say that I do think at the end of the day, I'm going to end up agreeing with Austin. And I think this is something that needs to happen. I hate that it's Brian Flores who kind of has to fall on the sword for this because I think he's obviously going to be ostracized and probably never be able to get a job again in the NFL because he's suing the NFL. I do believe he got fired unfairly out of Miami because he did more than I think anybody expected him to. But at the end of the day, I think it's fair to say we've known that the Rooney rule has kind of been a joke for a while now. I don't know that anything's going to change by him doing this, and that's the bad part about this. I I really don't know that anything changes. I hope I'm wrong, but I I don't know that anything changes. So a journey of a 1,000 miles starts with just one step, and I think the Rooney rule was the start. And do I believe that many teams violated the spirit of the Rooney rule? Yes, I do. Um, And I think that's what got Brian Flores to the point where he's at, where he's saying, look, man, this is complete and utter bullshit. I did what I was supposed to do. You you asked me to compromise my principles, and I said no, and now you decide to fire me. Were there issues with him and relationships with his coaches? It seems that there was. What that was about, I don't really know. But the team played for him, and and from most responses I've seen from players, they generally like playing for him. Do I think he'll get back into the NFL as a coach? I don't know. Right now, honestly, I'd say it's a coin flip. I don't think it's something that happens in the next year or two. Um, But you also know that colleges are fairly liberal places, and he can probably get himself a nice college job. Uh, should he decide to go that route uh, and, and, you know, a school, you know, does anybody think Deion Sanders was necessarily qualified to be a head coach? I, I He didn't coach. I mean, maybe he's good at it. Maybe it's something he's always wanted to do. And I'm sure he's put in the time. But ultimately, I think Deion is kind of a CEO kind of coach. I think Flores could land somewhere like an HBCU and and bring a really high profile to it like Deion Sanders did. It, it's, you know, he could end up in just about, you know, any number of schools and have a successful career and work his way back to the NFL. It's not, I don't know that it's going to happen overnight, like I said, or the next couple of years, but I, it's going to, at some point it's going to be hard to keep him, out forever yeah it will be interesting to see what happens because it seemed like he was being heavily considered by the texans who still haven't named a coach and that the saints had some interest and they still haven't taken a coach so but i tend to agree he probably is not gonna get hired in this cycle um we'll have to see how the lawsuit plays out you know all three Teams have been pretty quick to to refute things. I think this is one that's not going to go away for a while. I, I tend to agree with both of you guys. It's if nothing else, let's hope they take a serious look at the Rooney Rule, which I think is a a good idea. The spirit of the Rooney Rule is something that's needed, but we have often seen that it's 
you know, teams don't be don't seem to be following it in the spirit in which it was created, and that's something that definitely needs to change. Yeah, well, I think until you get change at the highest levels of NFL organizations, and I'm not talking GM and Fred, I'm talking ownership level. You know, then no, you're going to struggle. Jay Z is supposed to be interested in buying the Broncos, so there you go. I just. I don't know. I some of the things that that have been said just sit like the fact that you're like, well, the the Rooney role, the Rooney role. I agree. At the time, it was needed, but it's clearly been outdated with the way that that team skirt around it, and it's sad to say that too. And the one thing I'll say, Dennis, like, yeah, Brian Flores could rehabilitate his career, but why should he? What has he done to prove that he's not a good head coach? When we see retreads and retreads, and let's just be honest, retreads and retreads of white coaches who have done absolutely nothing in the NFL continue to get jobs. I mean, the guy that a lot of people talk about possibly joining his suit, Jim Caldwell, he was with your Lions, took him to the playoffs two out of the four years he was a coach, has gotten fired for no reason whatsoever to bring in Matt Patricia, who then completely tanked the franchise, and now they're trying to rebuild it back up. And Jim Caldwell's never gotten a job again. What did he do wrong? Like, I, I think it's... That's my biggest issue with stuff like, like in my opinion, and maybe it was the coaching thing. You are right. I, I kind of forgot about that part. There were a lot of rumors that he was not getting along with his coaching staff. And if that is what led to the firing, okay, I guess that makes sense. Not really, but whatever. If that's your reasoning behind it, it's just, there's certain things that the, the, uh, I can't think of what the word is that I want to use here, but the, um, starts with the C, the, uh, I can't think of it now. I'm I'm completely lost. But Clam bake. Co- no, the like the uh, cardinal when sin. you when you do something, but then someone else does it, and it's like like you say don't Stop do something, but then I turn around and I do the same thing. Like you know what I'm talking about. I can't think of what it is. Not a, not copycat. No, not copycat. There's like a really fancy word for it, and I forgot what it is now. I can't think. My brain's still all like messed up. Four so, syllables sounds like yeah, yeah movie. Anyways, we'll just move on. Regardless, there's a lot of things that happen in the NFL that make no sense that other people get away with that some people can't. It's just it's it's frustrating from a fan point to see that we're still at times it feels like stuck in like the 1950s when it comes to the NFL. We do have some new head coaching hires. Matt, Kevin O'Connell was hired on by the Vikings. What are your thoughts uh, about him to the Vikings? Yeah, Hit and he has Thank you, Kyle. That's then it was not a C word. So that's probably so that's what you messed up. There is a C in there. That's where I was getting the C. But thank you, Kyle. Yes, there's a lot of hypocritical shit going on in the NFL. That was a clusterfuck. That's what that was. That was, yeah, that was a mother. (laughs) That is the uh, audio that we should clip and just use in all of our promotional material. That's that's what we're sending out to the podcast awards this year. That pronouncing isn't what we're doing. We're remembering words. So Kevin O'Connell hasn't officially signed because he's uh. Still going to coach on the Super Bowl, I assume. Uh, offensive coordinator for the Rams, but it seems like it's all but a done deal. The Vikings, it's been an interestingly curious road for them. It seemed like they made a lot of overtures to different people, didn't pan out, and seemed to be trying to go after Jim Harbaugh, who not only didn't take their job, but said that he never wants to leave Michigan. So you know that had to have been a pretty good quality interview. Um, and so now they've kind of settled on Kevin O'Connell. He won't be the first Rams offensive coach or coordinator to get a head coaching job. And we've seen some success, uh, you know, Zach Taylor in the uh, Super Bowl opposite his, his old uh, 
coach right now. I don't know. The thing you always wonder about with some of these, and I've had some of the same questions with Hackett going to Denver, is some of these offensive coordinators who are over offenses that have some really great performances but aren't necessarily the architect of the scheme or the play caller, what all are they bringing? Maybe that means you're already good at being kind of a manager and marshalling the troops without having those kind of, um, you know, on day-to-day responsibilities on game day. Um, But it'll be interesting. There are a lot of questions for the Vikings because it seems like they're moving towards possibly dumping Kirk Cousins now too. The Vikings have been an underperforming franchise for several years, and I'm not sure that changes. Yeah, I, I think what's happening in the NFL is it's becoming all about offense. And I think offensive coaches are becoming very in vogue. And if you are a high-level coach on a high-performing offense, you're going to get noticed. You're going to get opportunities for offensive coordinator positions if you're a, a, a quarterback's coach pass game, run game coordinator type, you're going to get looks for when there's new hires for offensive coordinator positions. And if you're an offensive coordinator on a high-powered offense, whether you call the plays or not, you're going to get a look for head coaching. Um, You know, we've all been through job interviews and, you know, sometimes it's not what you know, it's how you, how you package yourself as uh, a thinker. Uh, you know, here's what my ideas are. Here's what I think I can accomplish. Here's how I relate to people. Here's how I relate to men. This is my management style. Um, I get nervous when we have first-time head coaches say I'm going to call plays too. Um, I don't know that that O'Connell has said that. I, I feel like there was like at least one head coach said that's what they were going to do. Hack it, yeah. So I, I feel like that's something that maybe you uh, – uh, you don't take when you're a first-time head coach. You let somebody else do that. But you know, O'Connell played quarterback in the league for a number of years. He's coached the quarterback position, so he's been very involved uh, in, in, you know, his QB coach uh, uh, in Cleveland and Washington, uh, and now for the Rams. So he's definitely had opportunity to work with some good quarterbacks. We'll see what happens, you know, how he fills out his staff. I don't I don't know if I'm going to jettison Kirk, though. I mean, I like – I think he's been performing well lately. And when you've got Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, uh, you know, it, it, are, are you turning to Kellen Mond? What are you going to do? It, it's a terrible year to try and get – I don't think any of the free agents are necessarily – better than Kirk and none of the rookies uh, at this point, I don't think are either. So I I don't know that I'd be getting rid of Kirk. Yeah. I mean, jokes aside about anybody who's, you know, had a coffee with McVeigh getting a head coaching job was one of them's in the Super Bowl next week. So, I mean, they're, they're they're actually doing pretty well for themselves uh, playing against his, uh, his former mentor. I'm I'm interested to see what O'Connell can do. I kind of thought they were going to go some kind of offensive guy to begin with after having Zimmer there for so long. It seems like teams typically go the other way of the previous head coach. 
Uh, and and I, I kind of with Dennis, I don't know that they get rid of Kirk Cousins, at least not this year. There's still a lot of money tied up in Kirk. He's been fine. A lot of people want to shit on Kirk Cousins, but he's been consistently like one of the top half quarterbacks in in the NFL. And we can we can barely find 32 of them most years to, to start. So why you want to jettison a guy who's at least been as good as the top half uh, is is beyond me. I think he's going to be fine there for at least a year. We'll see what happens. I mean, o- O'Connell filling out his staff is going to be a – Big one. The other staff that is currently getting worked out is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dennis, Doug Peterson returns to the coaching ranks. He is going to be the head coach of the Jaguars. A lot of people were kind of excited about this, which was interesting. I don't. I felt like his leave from the Eagles left a lot of sour taste in people. Like a lot of, it felt like to me at least, a lot of people soured on Doug Peterson last he was in the NFL. But yesterday when this news was announced, I saw nothing but a lot of people, everybody saying, hey, this is great for the Jags and great for Trevor Lawrence. Well, the way Carson Wentz melted down at the end there in Philadelphia, you know, uh, I could see Peterson kind of being, you know, he he tied himself to, to Wentz there and Wentz kind of shit the bed at the end. He had really one good, really good year. And the rest of the time he had significant opportunities. Um, I, I think that Peterson brings a lot of good experience. I think the way they went about getting to Peterson was just a, was horrendous. Uh, I do think that they probably should have jettisoned Balky and brought in uh, Byron Leftwich. But I, I, I understand if you're a hands-off coach and you kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe uh, not hands off coach, hands off uh, owner. So maybe Khan likes bulky and they, you know, the team's making money, even if they're not making playoffs. You know, Mike Brown did that for what, 40 or 50 years. He seemed to, you know, his concern was what's the bottom line. Um, you know, people can complain about me not winning a Super Bowl all they want, but I'm laughing all the way to the bank and maybe that's shot Khan's approach. So Peterson, I think the the possibility that he can be really good for Trevor Lawrence is there. I think Lawrence brings more ability and skill to uh, as a raw product uh, compared to Wentz. So I, I feel like he's already ahead of Wentz in skill and ability when Wentz came in. So they've got Travis Etienne. They, they've got opportunities. They need to work on their offensive line. If James Robinson comes back and he can contribute, uh, they're going to need to get somebody out there uh, at wide receiver. But I like it. If, and if, you know, Trevor Lawrence is coming out and giving it the let's go, not sure that, you know, he's supposed to say anything else or that he would say anything else. But, uh, you know, he seemed to give it a, a, a the seal of approval and if it's okay with him, I guess it's okay with me. Yeah, you know, the the interesting thing is we saw Wentz go to kind of a team that handpicked to rehab him, and that didn't work out that well this year. They're they're mulling their options. But if he does stay, Doug Peterson gets to play him twice a year, so that ought to be kind of fun. I'm with you about Doug, Doug Peterson being hired there. Only came as a surprise to me because I don't remember them even talking about him being a serious candidate there. I kind of uh, forgot he existed, I guess. And then all of a sudden it's like the Jags are hiring Doug Peterson. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So they need somebody. It's hard to imagine. Basically Doug Peterson came in and said, yeah, I can work with this guy for a year or two till I get him fired. 
It's hard to imagine that anything could be worse for Jacksonville than what they had last year. So I, I would think anything was going to be a step up. It probably isn't a spot where they had a lot of top candidates wanting to go. I think they've already seen a couple of guys who told them no. So may not have had a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for Lawrence, this is probably a good thing. We did see him at least help develop Carson Wentz. I mean, he realistically helped Nick Nick Foles did as well, lead, lead them to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. So you've got that going for him. I will say uh, I do feel like the Jags fumbled this a little bit by not allow or not having Byron Leftwich come be the head coach, former Jag, a great offensive mind. That just felt like the perfect fit. But uh, I do, I'm, I'm interested to see what this means for Doug Peterson and the team. And as you mentioned, they do have some, definitely have some weapons. Go ahead. I think what I read was Leftwich told them no because he wouldn't work with Bulky. I, I saw that he withdrew his name at like the final hour before they announced Doug Peterson. I don't know if that was like a he withdrew his name because he knew he wasn't going to get it kind of thing. Like out of like they allowed like uh, like it, to it, use it, it in recruiting circles. Like a, a player has an offer. And then he declines the offer, even though the school already pulled it away, but they're like allowing the player to say, no, I said no to you to kind of save face with the player, if that makes sense. So it's been widely reported that Leftwich said, I want you to hire Adrian Wilson as the general manager because I won't work with bulky. Oh, okay. Well, good for him. Good for him. Um, You know, but we'll see what happens with Peterson. I mean, he he has been known to help develop quarterbacks, so it should be a good thing for Trevor Lawrence. And, and I'm interested to see, I guess, what Bulky does around him because that's going to be the big thing. A lot of rumors about Jimmy G being traded. Matt, where do you think he lands? There's a lot of possibilities. I mean, I think we've seen that he can be a starter, especially in a league where starters are going to be at a premium. Uh, I know a lot of people – tried to make overtures about Pittsburgh, but I just don't see the Steelers actually that it hasn't really been their MO to go out and trade for somebody or uh, to sign somebody, you know, I could see possibly a new Orleans, um, you know, it'd be ironic if he went to Tampa Bay. No, I, new Orleans, I think is a good fit because he's going to be fairly affordable and they've got a decent offensive line with Ramchek and Taron Armstead as long as they don't have to lose offensive linemen to get down under the salary cap. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, he's probably somewhere in the top 24 of NFL quarterbacks, somewhere between 24 and 16. Uh, 16 is probably his ceiling any given week. Uh, you know, it's, it's not easy to play quarterback in the NFL. And a lot of times we get wrapped up, you know, we see Malik Willis tearing it up at the senior bowl and we're like, oh, this guy's going to come in and, you know, take right over Trey Lance, you know, killing it out there at NDSU. And we're like, oh, Justin Fields. Yeah. And, you know, being an NFL quarterback is a damn hard job. And I think Jimmy's probably, like I said, a top 24 quarterback has earned the right to start in the NFL. Um, I don't know that, you know, he's not anybody's long-term solution, but if I have to choose between Teddy Bridgewater as my bridge quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo as my bridge quarterback, I think I'm going Jimmy. 
Yeah, I'm very intrigued to see where he ends up landing because, I mean, there are all the talks about Denver. I just saw Benjamin Albright tweet something about that as well, um, who I know is fairly connected into the Denver area. I believe uh, Las Vegas is another one people are talking about. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see what happens with all these. I think Las you know, Vegas is stupid because I, I think Carr is substantially better than Jimmy. I agree, but who's the head coach there? Yeah, it's McDaniels. He has never met a former Patriot who's uh, sack he doesn't want to ride. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's, I I mean, he knows Jimmy G too. Let's just be honest. He, the Nikhil Harry Renaissance is coming. It might be. You might be right. See you later, Brian Edwards. Hello, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, it's uh, Edelman out of retirement. It's it's one of those things where I I don't really know because like I see a lot of people saying like, oh well, he could go to the Texans. Why? Why would the Texans bring him in? They're not winning in the next couple of years, and Davis Mills played fine. Why waste the cap space? So, I, I don't think there's quite as many places as some people are saying. No, I mentioned earlier in the year. Wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland takes a run at him and, and brings in him as some veteran help to challenge Baker. Like, there's a lot of places I could see Jimmy going. I'll be curious to see where he lands because I do agree with you. He like it depending on where he lands. He does have a shot to be a starter. Dennis, uh, you mentioned the Senior Bowl is this week, and I don't think there's a lot of stuff you can bet to win some money on DK through the Senior Bowl, but there's definitely Olympic stuff you can probably bet on, right? Right. You're muted. You are muted, sir. Gosh darn it. There we go. <laughs> I would I would bet not only that, but the Pro Bowl is coming up on Sunday as well. So good point. Forgot about that. The moment we've been Forgot waiting they still for did that since, stuff. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds. On either team, bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TPPN. That's TPPN. And get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsibility, responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-467-369 or text Hope New York, H-O-P-E-N-Y. That is not how I read that, so I'm glad you did it because that was going to be bad. A few more states. You know, I'm sure a few more states (laughs) have some helplines, you know. Woo, 
Ooh, that last one. I'm just saying. I was very curious. I was on the edge of my seat waiting to see how that one went because uh, I it was. It didn't go quite as smooth the last time I read it, but you mean hopefully? That was. Uh, is it hopefully? Because I read it not that way either. I'm, but then again, I'm bad at pronouncing things. How, how again did you read it? Uh, so. Santa's, what Santa says plus Penny. That's how I'll put it right there. It's like, oh, Penny. And I was just like, oh, that's very weird. Anyways, yeah, so Senior Bowl. Uh, we had a very interesting week of Senior Bowl um, coverage. I did my best to try and keep up with it as much as possible. But it was very confusing, if I'm going to be honest. Go ahead, Ben. you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. We need probably. to clip that for our Christmas probably. episode. <laughs> probably. It's what I typically do. It's why I'm not good at pronouncing things. Uh, there was, you know, one day I saw Malik Willis was tearing it up by like eight people. And then the next eight people said Malik Willis was struggling. Desmond Ritter was having a horrible day one, then bounced back on day two. And then some people said Desmond Ritter was doing really good day one and then had a horrible day two. It's kind of all over the place. I am excited to see the game. I don't know how much you guys were paying attention, but Matt, was there anybody that really kind of stood out to you through the senior bowl week and what everybody's been talking about? Now I'll be curious to, to see the game. I mean, I feel like practice for the senior bowl is about the equivalent of training camp when there's QB battles. Uh, you know, the, your description of Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis analysis reminds me, it's giving me PTSD of, Bridgewater and Drew Locke from the summer. I, people have their takes on practice. It's hard to tell from practice. I think this is just the beginning of an incredible amount of scrutiny uh, on a lot of these prospects that's going to continue through the uh, combine. Well, you know, the game is really pomp and circumstance. The scouts are all, you know, they've all left. They're on their way home. You know, they're there to see the practices, to evaluate how they, the players do in practice. So there's going to be a lot of up and down. I mean, we, we've we seen professional evaluators miss lots of time. You know, the, everybody loves to talk about Kyle Shanahan trading up to draft Joe Williams, you know, pounding the table for him and him literally not playing a single down. Uh, it's, it's just a situation where a lot – you have to find evaluators you trust and then see – what they're saying about it if you're not there with your own eyes. Uh, the people I trust said Ritter did struggle the first day, that he got better, but that, you know, he wasn't great. Uh, you know, Sam Howell started off, had some pretty good stuff going, but late in the week he was, uh, that you know, I saw something where he was pulling his back foot up and had a tendency to miss throws high. Uh, Malik Willis a little bit shaky the first day from what I saw, but then really turned it on strong arm, accurate. Uh, you know, he's mobile. Carson strong started out pretty well, but he didn't, I think he lost a little bit of momentum, but what strong did show is that he can manipulate the pocket. He's not, he's not terribly fast. So that's going to have to be his calling card is reading the defense, knowing where to go, getting rid of the ball and I think by and large, he showed that. Uh, I think there were a couple people that were a little surprised that he didn't have the strongest arm. But I don't know if there's some game time adrenaline that was like that, you know, you lack in practice. And so maybe some of the throws he makes in games, you know, when you're in practice. Running back, I'm interested to see, 
you know, we see a lot of talk about Brian Robinson being a, a seventh year senior and, you know, entering the draft at 41 years old. Uh, I feel like, you know, my comp, I, I don't really do comps, but he kind of reminds me of someone like Chris Carson. You know, he doesn't have long speed. He's really good with, he's going to find his way on the field because he can protect the quarterback. He's going to get what's blocked and maybe a little bit more. He isn't going to turn 10 yard runs into 70 yard runs, but he might turn four yard runs into six or seven yard runs. So I, I think there's definitely a place for Robinson. And as a fantasy guy, I'm, I'm kind of a hashtag two to three year window on running backs. So if he comes in at 24, 23, 24 years old, it doesn't really matter to me that his window is from 23 to 25 versus, you know, 21 to 24. Two to three years is two to three years. It's also interesting to me, like they picked the staffs from Detroit and the Jets to coach the senior bowl. Detroit doesn't even have an offense or a defensive coordinator, so they have like position coaches out there. Running oh no, they, they they did that on purpose. Sorry, yeah, they uh, this no, year but both Detroit teams, fired their offensive coordinator, right? And their defensive coordinator's gone, so they have they the way they say it's what they call it is up and coming coaches. So they they actually are choosing coaches that they want people like to get experience and all stuff like that so that like they're i believe they're there but they're not actually like doing any like uh dan campbell why i can't remember the jets head coach the life of me now for some reason is is, is ridiculous. Solid, but robert solid. there we go yeah like i believe they're there in mobile but it's like their staffs are doing everything yeah it's a new thing that the senior bowl is doing which i think is actually kind of cool but uh yeah uh i'm kind of like out on the quarterbacks altogether if i'm being honest i just uh the more and more i look at them the more and more i'm I'm thinking we were all kind of right in saying that this class is like it's okay but there's no it's not last year it's not thinking jimmy g's looking better and better he's looking better and better every single day i i uh I, I I think at least three will go in the first round because those guys they're gonna get inflated because of their value. But I I don't know that any of them are. If we're if we're going fantasy perspective, I don't know that any of them are ever like realistically set set in stone QB ones for multiple years. I I think they're all at best probably QB two upside. If 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 I'm being honest, I mean Malik Willis is obviously exciting, but he's still raw. Say I don't care. I don't care what everybody's saying about him in Mobile. That's great. He can throw it through the wind and through a torrential downpour. He showed me three years in college as a starter because he couldn't even beat out Bo Nix at Auburn, which I will say may be fair unfair because we also saw Kirby Smart choose Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. So maybe that was a coaching thing. Regardless, he he's very raw. He sees one side of the field, which I did hear people talking about in Mobile. If you if you eliminate half the field, he's really good. Well, you kind of need the whole field, last I checked, to win in the NFL. So he's still raw. There's things that you need to develop on. Carson Strong, we thought Dennis just mentioned it. We thought him coming in, he had the strongest arm. Well, that may not have proved to be exactly the case, but hey, he showed some more pocket mobility. Sam Howell, I thought, had the safest floor and, and a pretty high ceiling. And then word is he struggled a lot out there in certain things. So I just, I don't think there's going to be a consensus on any of these guys. I'm very intrigued to see how the NFL values them. You know, I mentioned before the draft, Abram Smith and Calvin Austin were two guys that I was really high on. I mean, 
from everything I saw, Abram Smith did pretty good down there. Calvin Austin, unfortunately, weighed in. He, if he makes the NFL, he's going to be the smallest wide receiver in the NFL. That kind of sucks because from everything I heard, his speed was like electric, which makes sense. I mean, he he won a ton of awards as a as a sprinter in high school and college. So Better it's going to be interesting. Agile. You know, they What's, move on the wind pretty well. Better. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and uh, was it Christian Watkins Watson. or? Watson, Watson, yeah, from from uh, North Dakota is apparently. I, I just saw that he got the award for best receiver at the Senior Bowl, so he's the guy I think's going to be the the Terry McLaurin this year that gets that super high, uh, rides that Senior Bowl buzz and probably gets drafted fairly. I, I've seen a lot of people saying he deserves to be like a top hundred fifty player. So if that's the case, I'll, I'll be honest, I've not dove into him too much to know. Uh, so I I'm very intrigued though to look at that. Speaking of quarterbacks. Let's talk a little bit about our quarterback profiles. So we were going to get to them. Uh, do, do we want me to go first? or does, I'll yeah, go first. Anybody? Okay, go ahead. Uh, I don't even know who you're doing. I, guess I, I have Matt cheap. Corral. Matt Corral, possible so QB1. Very, yeah, possible QB1. Uh, you know, he had a pretty decent college career. He had two really good years to end uh, at Old Miss. Uh, he was 70.9% as a junior, uh, threw for 29 TDs, 14 INTs in 10 games. 13 games uh, in this, or I guess he was a, technically a sophomore, even though it was his third year. Uh, as a fourth-year junior, I still don't understand how college eligibility works. Uh, he threw for 67.7%, uh, had 20 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Uh, people have been pretty impressed uh, with him as a passer, again, in a weaker class. I think one of the things he has over uh, the last quarterback I profiled was Kenny Pickett, who I, I mentioned his incredible 1.9 yards per carry uh, career average and, what, 800 yards in five five years as a starter. Matt Corral actually can run a little bit. Uh, ran for 506 yards in 2020, 614 and 11 touchdowns last year. Uh, I think that gives him a little bit of an added dimension. He got banged up in his bowl game but it wasn't anything serious so that shouldn't really handicap him going into the draft i have seen people like you uh mentioned uh, have him as the top quarterback i've also seen some interesting mock drafts where they have him going in the second round i tend to think he probably ends up as one of those couple guys in the first round but who knows with this draft year yeah i think it's i it's going to come down to how well the quarterbacks connect in the interviews. And, you know, there's definitely something to be said for that. I, I like Corral. I think he's, he's got a shot to be the best quarterback in this class. So it, it's, it'll be interesting to see where he goes and what the opportunity he gets is. Yeah, I think he definitely – it's it's hard to say he has the highest ceiling because if Malik Willis can put it all together, he probably has the highest ceiling, but I think Corral's closer. Like, Corral doesn't have as much – you know, a lot of people talked about the year prior that um, how many interceptions he had, and a lot of those came in, like, two games. He had five – he had two five-interception games uh, the year prior. And then last year, he did not. It seemed like he really kind of cut down on that still at times kind of felt like he made the same bad decisions, but didn't necessarily work into picks. Uh, I, I do think he probably has the safest chance to be the top quarterback drafted. Uh, I've seen a lot of people saying that the bet, the, the quarterback who won coming out of mobile was Matt Corral because he was not there. So that's uh that's the, the biggest thing I think possibly helping 
Matt Corral. Dennis, you have a quarterback who did go to the Senior Bowl. Tell us a little bit about Carson Strong. You know, so I, I think you're going to notice because my first quarterback was Sam Howell. And so this one, uh, you know, there's there's a trend I'm, I'm starting to to pick up in, in my quarterback evaluations. Uh, Carson Strong started 31 games in college. It started as a redshirt freshman, came out as a junior, uh, 74 to 19 touchdown to interception ratio. Reportedly one of the fastest processors coming out this year. So he sees the field, he reads the field, uh, decides where he's going to go once he takes it all in and can make a quick decision. Here's a stat for you, Fox. Matt Corral, career rushing yards, minus 305. You mean Carson Strong. Carson Strong. Yeah, Carson Strong. Damn it. Damn it. Carson Strong. As you know, that's wild. So, you know, he takes some sacks. That's not the that's not a surprise. We've seen that. You know, we did see him make a run at the senior bowl, um, step up and move around in the pocket and make some plays. And that's what he's gonna have to do. You know, he's kind of kind of Matt Ryan-ish uh in the way that he moves around in the pocket. And I think that he's gonna end up sort of having some of that same volatility that Matt Ryan did. Uh, you know. He's got, he finished his career with almost a 70% completion rate. So he's an accurate passer. He does have a strong arm and there's not going to be any issues there. Checked in at six, three and three quarter. I think, I think two eleven. he's listed at two fifteen. Um, so as long as he gets all of that working for him, that's going to offset some of the things, uh, some of his weaknesses, you know, he's not Like we said, not mobile has good pocket movement. Uh, he there's been reports he's got some desicrins or something or other arthritic condition in his hip that's led to something that's allegedly under control. I did see a couple of videos of him playing basketball uh, when he was in high school, you know, good floor up and down the floor, jumping, dunking, whatnot. Uh, so at some point he moved pretty well and per Jim Nagy, uh, the leg, hip issue, knee issue, I think it was actually, uh, is yeah, pretty, much behind, pretty much behind him. Um, you know, other than that, you know, there's there's been a lot of slow court, quarterback. I mean, Byron Leftwich was slow as hell. I mean, Byron Leftwich made Tom Brady look fast, I mean, if we're being honest. Um, so, you know, one of the downsides, he did play some weaker competition. Uh, I guess – Again, I'm I don't try to comp uh, initially, but he sort of remind me of a little bit of a bigger arm, Matt Ryan. And if he can start to produce like Ryan did, you know, Ryan had fantasy finishes in the last uh, few years, so he was QB twenty this year. But then he was QB thirteen, QB nine, QB three, QB fifteen, QB two, QB nineteen, QB five, QB ten, QB six. I don't know if uh, Carson Strong has a QB2 or QB3 in him, but I could see him getting up in there in the, the six or sevens uh, if he's on a team that is balanced. He has good good protection is able to throw the ball. Yeah, Carson Strong is going to be the intriguing quarterback for me because I do think, you know, what you mentioned, Dennis, is, is the biggest thing, his ability to read defenses. If you watch, you, see, you can see him – 
<clears throat> rarely do you see quarterbacks in college kind of changing calls at the line of scrimmage, calling out the Mike linebacker, changing things. Carson Strong does do that. So I think he knows how to he, very often do you see him throw into the blitz knowing, hey, the blitz is coming from this side. That's where my wide receiver is going to be. And I think that is big for the NFL. But we've also seen the past couple of years, the NFL really move toward those guys who are mobile. Like he showed us a little bit more, more mobility in mobile than we have seen at times on film. I do think he is the closest to being a, like Matt Ryan is almost a statue in the pocket than anybody else in this class. So I'm very curious to see where the NFL values him. He could still be a steal in the second round. If he goes in the second round and ends up winning that job, I mean, I, I don't see why he can't be a starting quarterback. I know Felix is really big on him. He he really loves himself some Carson Strong. I think he's got all the arm talent in the world. You know, he feels to me like a, a Davis Mills kind of trajectory. Give me a third third round pick on him. He slides into the third round, goes to a team that maybe has doesn't have an opportunity doesn't appear to have an opportunity. And so he just gets to go to work for 10 weeks or something before he gets thrust into, into a game. So to me, that's kind of the, even if he doesn't play at all next year in the NFL, it's kind of like the ideal situation for Carson Strong. Yeah. I think a lot of these guys, ideal situations would be to not play next year. It's uh, ideal and, for me. If I could sign a contract with the NFL and not have to play as well, uh, I'm just I agree. throwing it out there. I'm available. Uh, as am I. Well, I think we can just say, Hey, hey, I will take a couple hundred thousand to sit on the bench and look pretty in a uniform. And, and I my God, I think much. I will. I, you know, I'm just trying to appeal to somebody, you know, I'll stretch, I'll do stretches in front of it, whatever you need me to do. I'm good. Uh, I will get a chance to talk about Malik Willis, the star or not star of Mobile, depending on who you follow. Uh, he is a, he is a very intriguing quarterback to look at because you can see the intangibles. You can see everything that he can be. He can be an accurate passer. There are times that he will throw a ball with like incredible touch right over a linebacker in pace to his wide receiver and then throws a ball that Matt Fox could complete uh, right over the middle, and it's just wide left. He, he misses the, the broad, broad side of the bar in there. It's it's incredible. He has got Thanks all the Thanks for making my NFL plug for me, though. No, no, no. Hey, I'm just, that's what I'm saying. You're consistent. The throw you can make. That's what matters, right? They want the throws that, that you can make, not the ones you can't make. It, they don't need you to throw 60 yards as long as you can complete that one right over the middle. Hey, we saw it work for Jimmy G, right? Almost made it to a Super Bowl. Chance staying up. Well, you know what? I will answer that since I'm – oh, mentioned Mills. I'm sorry. I thought – why did I read Willis with Mills? I am really – Really not doing well here. You mentioned Mills. Anyone think he has a chance to stay the long-term starter? I will say no, I think he has a chance to stay the starter this year, but I don't think he's long-term, no. I think he has an opportunity to earn it, but it's going to depend on what do they do in free agency and what do they do in the draft. And he's not going to get a short leash because he doesn't have high draft capital. So he either produces or he's on the pine. I think it was a blow to his chances of even being the starter this year when they let go of David Culley. That is possible. Back to Malik Willis. So he has got uh, a ton of arm strength. He can hit all three levels of the field fairly easily. In fact, those are probably some of his more impressive throws is watching him go deep. 
Where I, I don't know what to think about him is when it comes to decision-making and in the pocket. Uh, he tends to bail at times out of clean pockets, which I personally don't like. I understand that he can make those second reaction plays and those off-script plays, off-platform throws, and it's exciting. But if you go and you pull up his, which, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it's not okay to scout highlights. Sometimes it is okay to watch highlights. Just Just understand that you're watching the best of the best. You're not seeing any negative. If you watch his highlights, you see a lot of him running around in the backfield at times for like 13, 14 seconds. That's not going to happen in the NFL. Even Patrick Mahomes, who's like the maestro magician of doing that, it's usually for like four to six seconds. You're not going to be able to scramble around for half a minute in the backfield in the NFL and then throw a 60-yard bomb for a touchdown. It's just not going to happen. I do think you kind of have to eliminate that for Malik Willis. He tries to do that a little bit too much at times. I think we saw that bite Patrick Mahomes in the ass a little bit here in the second quarter, or I'm sorry, the second half of the Bengals game. That is where I think they need to work with Malik Willis is get him to continue to make plays on script. It's okay to go off script and do that stuff at times, but it's not what you need to build your entire game around. I feel like he does that a little bit too much. We saw them talk about it a little bit in Mobile, and I do think you see a lot of it. Maybe this was part of Liberty and Hugh Freeze's play calling, there were at times that it was a lot of times that they rolled him out to the right or the left, and that eliminates half the field, except for when Malik Willis looks at an open wide receiver, so he thinks is open on the opposite side of the field and decides to throw it across his body to the other side of the field. Now, we'll say, hey, props to him on his arm strength because it gets there in the NFL. That's going to be intercepted because defenders are not going to leave wide receivers most of the time that wide open or not attack the ball the way that college players do because let's also be awesome. awesome Awesome. Yes, let's also be awesome because we are all awesome, but let's also be honest. Dennis mentioned Carson Strong was not playing the best competition. Neither was Malik Willis. And the two teams this year that he played that were a, I would say, at least a tier above Liberty was Syracuse and Ole Miss. And both of those teams beat up on Malik Willis and did not make him look anything like we saw when he played the lesser competition and anything like what we saw in Mobile. So there are a lot of questions around him, but he does have a ton of upside. You know, we were just talking about the negative rushing yards for Carson Strong. Malik Willis realistically in three years or two years as a starter because he was in the SEC with Auburn. He transferred before the transfer rules changed where you're allowed to have the one free transfer and go to a team. So he had to sit a year after leaving Auburn, only started two years with Liberty, had 944 rushing yards and then 878 and then 27 touchdowns combined. He's a very good rusher. That is a big part of his game. I do think that's going to be successful at the NFL level. And then a 64% completion percentage uh, last year, 61% this year. And I think that again, just it talks to his accuracy He's a very exciting prospect from everything I, I from the people I do trust that were in Mobile. They were saying that he's like very well put together. He's very thick. He's going to be a good kid. He was very good in his interviews. I am very excited to see where he goes because, for instance, a team like Pittsburgh, who seems to like him a lot, if they do trade up and grab him, I might believe more Malik Willis because Pittsburgh's shown a track record of being able to develop players, not just wide receivers. They've just done a really good job of drafting players and developing them. I want to see where Malik Willis goes, but I do still think he's got things to work on. I don't think that he's going to start this year. I don't love that people comp him to Lamar Jackson because I don't think he's Lamar. Lamar, as crazy as this is to say it, because I wasn't even as big a fan of Lamar passing, Lamar is a more accurate passer than Malik Willis is. Yeah, he doesn't have the arm, 
but he is a more accurate passer. And I think whatever team Malik goes to, they need to build around him the way that they did uh, Lamar Jackson. So he's an intriguing prospect for me. And, and I'm very in, interested to see where he goes. I, ex- I expect him to go in the first round. But I'm, so I'm excited to see where he goes. Any thoughts, concerns? Yeah, I think he needs time. Uh, hopefully he doesn't, you know. And honestly, I hope he goes to a team where his skill set has some similarities to whoever is there. I mean, and unfortunately, you you hate to see a situation, but if somebody signs Tyrod Taylor and drafts Malik Willis, you know, Taylor has the mobility that Willis has. And so you can run the same type of game plan. Because if you have to go from, uh, you know, a quarterback like, I get it. Willis is great, but if if the Falcons draft Malik Willis, and then they're having to play Malik Willis in a Matt Ryan offense when he plays, I don't see that as being a great fit for him, or or for Matt Ryan to try to combine those two types of things. So, I, I, some teams can really you know make the conversion from one type to another. But the player, the line plays different. The receivers play different. A lot of things have to change when you go switch back and forth between those two types of quarterbacks. Should we do running back profiles? We're at an hour. We'll do this live. No, we're not going to do it. All right. So that will do it for us today. Wait, before we get out of here, though, Dennis, we're in the offseason. Tell everybody a way that they can help improve their dynasty teams really quick. Well, one way I use is the Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com. Do you want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, FFPC leagues. Uh, use Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league winning deals. The player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship and get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE, all one word, for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd and save even more. That's code ROUNDTABLE, all one word. All right, so that will do it for us today. A little uh, side note. Join us on Monday. We'll be celebrating episode 500, which is kind of weird to say that we've we've done 500 episodes. We'll give away some stuff, probably just not probably a lot of new stuff. So maybe we'll just talk about some favorite stuff we've done on the show and, and reminisce a little bit, have some fun. Uh, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be celebrating a little bit. Matt, you've done like 494 of them. Fox so has done like 325 and I've done like 250. I was I was thinking about this earlier. I was talking to my wife about this because the more and more I think about it, I think I've only actually missed three shows. And two of them have happened this year when I was out uh, on the one. What was I? Because I mean, well, I guess if you want to count the Marcus Grant one, I feel like that counts. I showed up. I was there in the final yeah. minutes and that's all that mattered. But uh, I have it because every time we one of for the most part, anytime I've taken a vacation, we've always recorded beforehand and then I've just released them. So like I it's been a, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's crazy to think that it's like I always went back and was listening. Oh, those first episodes were bad, man. I didn't understand like how 
having a good microphone mattered and all this stuff. And so it's definitely interesting, but it'll be a lot of fun to talk about that. So definitely join us on Monday as we'll discuss that. We'll, we'll tweet out some stuff about that as well. Uh, and everybody enjoy the weekend, stay safe and warm. And we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can